African Lullaby. Close your eyes, my innocent child, but know upon waking we shall never close our eyes again, and never will others see us through images of their own making, but through what we see of ourselves. Rest, my innocent child, but know upon waking we shall never rest again, and the structures we hold will serve our needs, standing as symbols of our mastery. Sigh, my sensitive child, but know upon waking, we shall never sigh again, but raising our voices in song, will fill the warm, clean air with a sound that is ours and ours alone. Be still, my beautiful child, but know upon waking, we shall never be still again, lifting our limbs in dance, we shall echo each other's movements, becoming one motion, one grand, majestic gesture. Sleep, my noble child, but know upon waking, we shall never sleep again, and those who would hurt us, from without or within, shall be vanquished as we stand together, radiant in the African sun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Radio DePaul podcast. I'm Derek Peters. That was a spoken performance piece written by David Edward Sims and performed by Alyssa Campbell Sawyer. David's show, Cabuchon Jazz Radio, airs Sundays 10 to noon. And Alyssa's show, Survey of Popular Music, airs Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. on Radio DePaul. So if you like that, check out those shows. And that piece hits on the theme of motherhood, which is our theme this week. Mother's Day is coming up, and so we're celebrating the idea of mothers and motherhood on this week's show. And as a little treat, you'll be hearing from some of our uh, mothers throughout the show today. Now, if you've lived on DePaul's campus or even just been around, you've probably eaten a time or two at Broncos. And if you have, you know that there's more there than just great food. Sanjana Carinth has this report. Broncos, a restaurant that's over 40 years old, is located on Fullerton, across the street from the quad on DePaul's Lincoln Park campus. At Broncos, a woman named Aja runs the place and has been running it for a long, long time. Since it's so close to DePaul, students love going into Broncos, but not just for the food. In fact, students find comfort in talking to Aja about school, personal life, or really anything. And in turn, Aja provides maternal advice back. I sat down to talk with Aja, or more commonly known as Mama Broncos. I have many different last names, which is too long. I just, uh, <laughs> I like it to be called Mama from Broncos. Mama from Broncos? Because uh, I am a mom of two children. I always wanted to be a mom, and mm-hmm. God blessed me with that. And, and of course, all the young people that come in, I just uh, like to embrace them and to know that I have room in my heart and in my place, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's just just to get out, even if you bring your own food and whatever, it, none of it bothers me. I just want you to know that there is a place where you can feel like at least whatever it feels like at home or mm-hmm. that little comfort and a place that you belong. I've always had that motherly figure in me even as a kid so and and I still do and I love it yeah do you um have you always had that nickname mama from Broncos or how did it come um, up 
it started when, when I became a mom, mm -hmm. when I was 26. But even before that, but I was apparently young with the young people and they're like, <laughs> mama. So when I became a mom, you know, I'm like, I'm a mama, you know, I go, yeah. that's a little toddler running there in because <laughs> my kids grew up here from six weeks old. And Broncos was here that whole time. Yeah, yeah, I've been here from uh, 76 the whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, I okay. take care of my parents. This is, you know, we all started together. I'm the oldest one. Okay. You know, they have no sons, so I, I took the responsibility of taking care of them. And uh, mm -hmm. I know that I, I wanted to put this in here, too, because I know you probably don't remember it, but when I first, I transferred here last year, mm -hmm. and I remember I walked in here for the first time and I forgot to read that it was cash only, and I had already ordered my food and I was freaking out because I was like, oh, now I don't know how to pay, like what's gonna happen? Um, and you were so sweet about it. You were just like, it's, it's all right, just eat your food. Yeah. Um, don't worry about it. Yeah, and I still do that. I never turn anybody down. Um, Whatever. Do you see that often? Has that happened a lot? I don't. Um, I felt. I mean, I came back right away with the money. Yeah, I was like, this is. You did. Uh, you know how I look at it. Um, I do it with a full heart. Mm -hmm. uh, even if, if uh, quite a few people uh, know that I do that, so they use me. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? If they're that desperate, I don't look at it like they use me. Mm -hmm. You know, apparently the few dollars they do, they don't have, and they know that I will do it. Uh, it's fine mm -hmm. because uh, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a goodness in them. Uh, if you misuse it for whatever reason, is that I don't look at a misusing. I see it as you you needed it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at everything in a good way in life. You, you, even when you would talk to my children, because I don't have it easy with my parents. Mm -hmm. They they're very. People call it old school, tough love. Uh, uh, there is never a thank you. There is never, it's always cursing and swearing. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I just smile and I said, I love you too. And I don't talk back I, because this is who they are. This is what they know. Mm -hmm. Have you ever applied that tough love to? No, I not guess? to my children. Really? No. No, I never uh, punished or cursed or yelled or. Um, even when they were small, if they didn't want to wash their face, um, I would use little songs and poems and I would put their names <laughs> in them and, and I would That's say it. Idea. And this is how I taught them all the languages I know. Mm -hmm. So they know how to read and write and speak all the languages I know. But I use wow. poems and games and uh, I, I don't believe uh, in yelling. Uh, we have to embrace each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to embrace and find a way to embrace it because we are very invisible in this universe. But a lot of people forget it doesn't revolve around us. Mm -hmm. We re revolve together. I was, I was like that even as a small kid because uh, I grew up with no running water, with, uh, with the outhouse outside and, you know, helping my parents and, and, and praying to God that there will be kids on the block that I will still be able to play 10 minutes and I was so happy because I started working very young age. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't forced into work. I wasn't uh, punished or you gotta work, no. It, it was just me. Did that influence how you mothered your own children? Or maybe how mm -hmm. you were? Um, I'm, I, I embrace my children and I thank them every day. That's something I never got from my parents. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't go home for five days now. It's been a year and a half because my mom was on dialysis and they constantly have operations and medical mm -hmm. issues. They don't sleep well at night and I'm here 80, 90 hours a week. And Sorry if this is too personal, but have your kids ever talked to you like that? Oh no. Yeah? Oh no. Oh no, I, I, I have the most amazing children as, as people, as human beings, as uh, in, in the world, in the society, and, and it, they're just very kind, kind people. Mm -hmm. They're good people. Yeah, proud of your kids. <laughs> I am, I am. They both uh, grew up here from six weeks old, and my daughter will all say, Mom, it's because of you and the business we have people skills. Has the way you brought up your kids, has that influenced how um, you interact with like DePaul students coming in here? Uh, or? No, I was always, I, I always loved to be a mom, even yeah. when I was, before I had kids. Wow. I, I always uh, embraced everybody and, you know, you know, I help them with studying. I, a lot of them, when they have paper to do, mom, can you read this? What do you think about mm -hmm. this? And, and I love that. Yeah. I love that. And when they succeed, uh, they come to me, and I've been going to DePaul graduations, uh, commencements, because there is a lot of students I get close to, and a lot of them have no parents, a lot of them have parents that don't care, so I want them to know that I'm there for them. Do they find you like a mother figure? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, three years ago, a young man that gave the commencement speech, David, he had me in the speech. Wow. He spoke about me for two minutes. My daughter was with me. I was like tears, crying, and the, the whole week, two weeks, there was faculty people coming in, and they're like, we were all crying. We were all like throughout the years trying to find a way how to thank you mm -hmm. for taking care of us. And this gentleman did it. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, to, to feel that important in people's hearts, mm -hmm. and for him to actually include me in it, and Two weeks before that, he, he was coming, he was a very quiet young man, and he, he brought his parents, he's like, Mom, I wanted my parents to meet you, and very oh, quiet, very so nice, and then, and then when he gave the speech, and uh, I, I was like, amazing, you know, he's like, I'll bring it to you, he, you know, I go, I want to have the whole speech, I want to frame it, I want your signature, I want to, I go, this is like, you know something, but he will. He will. Oh, he will like a mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's. Uh, I have many stories like that. Yeah. I have a young lady that came in today, and uh, she hasn't been here probably 30, 32 years. She's like, and she came in. I'm like, hey, how are you? Have you been? She's like, you recognize me? I go that smile. And I don't even remember what she used to eat. Oh my gosh, that must have made her feel so good. Yeah, she's like, you remember me? She's like, I love it here. I, I feel such a huge hug here. And I was like, I go, thank you. That's what makes it worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, everything makes it worth. Mm -hmm. With all that in mind, I guess, what is the number one motherly advice you would give? Uh, number one motherly advice which I give my own children also be honest and true to yourself mm -hmm. and it, it, don't be afraid of failure uh, don't be afraid to ask for help I want all the students here to come to me for whatever reason oh what is this person going to think it, it really doesn't matter mm -hmm. if a person judges you 
let them judge you. Don't take that into heart. You know, be yourself. Be yourself and be honest to you. To, to, you know, it's not important who you're with or how they're dressed or what they have or how they're going to look at you. Or, you know, be honest to yourself and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Hi, Mom. How are you? I'm. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, so I wanted you to call because I was wondering if you could tell me um, your favorite memory from my childhood or maybe the silliest memory that you remember while raising me. Well, essentially, you were a very, very good girl. I mean, I had no trouble raising you. You were such a nice, sweet girl. You'd remember to bring me flowers. Um in fact, you'd get it even from the neighbor's house, kind of steal the tulips. But I do have a couple of memories that stand out. Um, one was, I remember, I think you were four, about four years old. Mm -hmm. And you had wanted to go to our neighbor's house and play with um, their daughter. And that was fine. I told, her, told you that would be fine, but I'd, I want you to ring the bell, and I want you to come right back and tell me if, she was home or not. Um, and you said, sure. And you went, and sure enough, 10 minutes later, you were still not back. Um, I was just getting ready to go to the neighbor's house to see if you were there and what was going on when my doorbell rang. And I go open the door. There's a gentleman out there in a suit. And I uh, asked him if he, I could help him, and he said, he pointed across the lawn, and there you were sitting there with your friend, actually chewing on the grass. <laughs> and um, I, I asked him, what can I do for you? He's like, is that your daughter? I said, yes, she is. And then he shows me his car. Apparently, you were throwing rocks at passing cars and managed to damage his car. So that was, that was an expensive memory. Yeah, and then um, I found a little letter, actually, that uh, you wrote. We were trying, Dad and I were trying to get um, you and your sister, Sunaina, um, a queen-size bed for your room. And I guess you really did not want that queen-size bed, so you wrote a little letter of protest. May I read that letter to you? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite interesting. And, oh, it comes complete with pencil drawings of you on that bed, and it, it's, it's quite cute. Okay. Dear Mommy and Daddy, Sunaina and me just can't take it anymore. We don't want a queen-size bed for both of us to sleep on. We will fight, and you know it. Sunaina will snore all night and will keep bothering me all night. I will toss and turn so much, I'll either sleep on Sunaina or fall off the bed. Also, I drool, so it's not a good idea. It's bad enough we have to share a room. Please don't make me share a bed. Canopy or no canopy. <laughs> and there's a little P.S. there, too. P.S. We will fight over the blanket as well. Love, Sanjita. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was quite cute. <laughs> Needless to say, you got a separate room.
Sanjana Karanth is a regular contributor to our show. We're going to turn now to Liz Peterson, who recently talked to a student who has a lot on her plate. I'm Sarah Gordon. I'm a broadcast journalism major, a soccer player at Paul, and a mom. So, yeah, how old is your son? He is 14 months. And his name? His name is Caden. <laughs> Can you think of a time where, like, juggling practice with your journalism students? So obviously you have a lot of stories that are, like, on deadline. Um, think of a time where you just, like, didn't think that you could get it all done. Yeah, I probably have those moments, like, once a month, honestly, <laughs> especially during soccer season. Um because I was also, I also had a part-time job during soccer, and I was playing soccer, and then obviously my son, and I mean, there's just times where, like, there's no time, like, there's no time for rest, like, you just want to sit down, but, and then you're try like, when you get home, your baby wants you to play, so it's hard, because he needs your attention when you're at home, when you're at school, obviously, you need to be paying attention, and then soccer, you need to be working hard, so it feels like there's no downtime, no downtime sometimes, but... I mean, just thinking of like the end goal and like having him as my motivation definitely helps. So, what's your key to relaxation? Or my does that key. not exist? <laughs> no, I definitely, especially now that soccer's over, I definitely have times all the time where I can relax. Um, usually when he goes to bed, I just get my free time. It's nice, like, it's, it's nice to have time alone because I don't really have that time. So, I guess my key. Well, what I do when I relax is I just literally lay in my bed and watch Netflix. Like, it's it's the best time of my day. Shut <laughs> off all the lights. Exactly. No distractions. It's usually, like, midnight by the time that happens, but still, it still feels good. So you're from the suburbs, and was DePaul a natural choice for you? Well, um, I got recruited to play soccer here, so... I got recruited pretty early, like, beginning of my junior year, so I was kind of young at the time. But both my parents went here, and my mom played tennis with a cheerleader. My dad was on the track team. So it kind of just seemed like the right fit for me. I really liked the coach and the team, so, yeah. And how about your coach as far as, like, being supportive of you being a parent? Obviously, they have to understand that you have all their commitments sometimes. When I first found out that I was pregnant and I told them, that's when tensions were really high. Um, like ever, they were kind of disappointed in me. I mean, rightfully so. It obviously wasn't the right time, but um, you know, during the pregnancy and especially after I had Caden and came back to playing soccer, they were super supportive. Uh, there were times where he actually had to come to like a team meeting, you know, because I didn't have anyone to babysit and or it was a weekend or something like that. So yeah, and he came to all the games and they were supportive and they totally understood. I think at the same time, you're an adult and as long as you take responsibility for that, you know, you, you can't really have anybody tell you you're, you're doing wrong or something. Right, and I mean, I think what made it easier for them and more understanding is I had the best soccer season of my life this year and I played better than I ever had. And so since I was performing and I was really focused when I was in practice and in the games, it was, they definitely understood that sometimes I had to leave early or do something like that. Yeah, so how was the conditioning after you had your son? Was that crazy? It was so hard. Okay, so I was like, I was like, so, okay, when I was pregnant, I was like, all I wanted to do was play soccer, and I totally took it for granted when I had, you know, was able to do it. And so I was so excited to get back. So I started running like two weeks after, but when I started practice again, it was so hard. Like, I was really out of shape, but after a few months, I was finally back at it. Just gotta like, <laughs> 
look at those pictures of Heidi Klum that they post in People magazine two weeks after, and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like that's gonna be me. No, totally. Like I totally had like an inspiration board with like getting skinny fast. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, uh, as far as I don't know, like favorite things in Chicago to like do with your son. What kinds of things are you looking forward to when it's summertime? Well, the other weekend we went to the zoo. Uh, obviously last summer he was too young to really do anything, but yeah, we went to the zoo and he kind of liked it. He just loved, he just learned to walk like two months ago. And so he's starting to run and he just likes to run around outside. So I'll probably take him to the beach, you know, go down to Millennium Park this summer, but he did like the zoo, so that was fun. Liz's show, Spice of Life, airs Sunday nights from 6 to 8 on Radio DePaul. Hi, are you there? Yeah, I am. You hear me all right? Okay. Would you say overall that I was, was I an easy kid to raise or, or a hard kid to raise? Um, you were really funny. You were a lot of fun. You, you would always make jokes and stuff. You know, like when uh, Evan was baptized, you were four and a half, and you lit the candles. You were, you were lighting the candles, and yours didn't light right away, and you started giggling. <laughs> yeah. And the whole church was laughing <laughs> because you were so funny. Um. You also, uh, that day, you were all dressed up and you had a tie on and everything, and you told uh, Cheryl Lenoy that you were just as hap- handsome as the president. <laughs> really? Yes. Who is the president at that time? It would be Clinton? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a handsome so, man. Yeah, well, you evidently thought so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was typical Derek. I mean, you would always come up with things like that. Yeah. Oh, when when you were uh, real little, you and uh, Brian Scala, you would always say, hey, I got an idea. And then you guys would always do something that me and his mom didn't necessarily think was a good idea. Yeah, our idea, our our conceptions of what was a good idea sort of differed at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one time when you were real little, we had the bottle of water in the corner by the dining room, mm-hmm. and the two of you climbed up on the ledge of the window. You know, I have that wide window sill. Yeah, it was like and a big water cooler type thing was next to the yeah, window. So. and you guys tipped over five gallons of water <laughs> onto the floor, and then you proceeded to splash in it. <laughs> and you didn't think that that was a good idea? No, I didn't. <laughs> We've heard from some real moms today. And here's Matthew Barbusio and Mike Constantino from Popcast to talk a little bit about a fictional mother. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. Mike. And we're from Popcast here on Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. Catch us on Friday nights at 7 o'clock where we talk about all things pop culture. But Mike, Mother's Day is upon us, and it has prompted us to talk about 
the most interesting, arguably the most interesting comic series on the market, Image Comics' Eisner and Hugo Award-winning series, Saga. Now, before we get into it and talk about the parenthood themes and the, the mother, the main female character of Alana, we're going to be talking about a little bit, you know, give you a little overview of what this story uh, entails. Saga is an epic f- space fantasy written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by the brilliant Fiona Staples. The story revolves around Alana and Marco, two lovers from Warring Worlds, Wreath and Landfall. After Alana and it has given birth to her daughter Hazel, the rivaling people begin to pursue on the basis of treason. A chase across this beautifully drawn galaxy begins. Now, Mike, the first thing that came to mind when people picked up this brilliant piece of work, and this is one of the most critically acclaimed comics on the market, um, the first thing that came to mind was every parent should read this book. And that's why we're talking about it today. And what do you think of this idea that every parent should be reading Saga? Well, every parent that is willing to read an adult comic book. Well, this is uh, very should, adult. This yes. is this is adult, but it it you know, you're absolutely right in that it is a surreal intergalactic Romeo and Juliet, but at its core it's about family. Mm-hmm. And the the main story is about Marco and Alana and leaving that you know their two planets the war and protecting their child yeah and the the very fact that the the voiceover the narrator is their child you know kind of gives sort of this happy ending in that you know that they somewhat succeed and and raising a child and raising a child so saga is basically about the experience of having a baby and have and how terrifying it is and how thrilling it can be and how crazy it can be and it's all really told through the character of Alana. She's just arguably the strongest character in this entire series, not just female, but just in general. And she's hilarious. She's brash. She doesn't take any BS. And she also is just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. You know, she's herself. She's very much who she is. Well, well, what's funny and what's interesting going with Alana is that another main character is Marco's um, mother. Yes. So Alana's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's tension between the two. And Clara. it's 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 so much fun just reading Alana not backing down despite yeah. it being her mother-in-law. Yeah, and you know that that bond between the two that grows. Yeah, it, and it's um it shows that uh, that depth of Marco's uh, mother Clara. Um, it shows it shows you why Marco is such is so tough is because he learned it from his mother. Like, she is the one that made him this way. This is why he is such a great warrior. This is why he is such a great father is because of his mother. And also, just it's not just these two mothers. There are a bunch of mother figures. And this is a very female-centric book. But also, the deep connection between Hazel and her mother. Uh, Hazel narrates the entire series. And it gives it just this extra depth that we you don't really need. But you end up really do needing... Now, I'm a little bit farther than you are in this, and Alana ends up really kind of caring and taking the lead in this family. Um, she really kind of goes out and provides for them as while well, Marco stays home, really. And it's kind of an incredible reversal and something that you don't really see normally in these kinds of stories. Well, it's fantastic you say that because as surreal as things get and, and as creative as some of the, the characters get, you know... It's all about this, you know, protecting your your kindred, protecting your family, protecting people you care for. You know, moving beyond Alana and Marco, you know, you have a bounty hunter 
that's out to get these two lead characters, but instead he, you know, rescues a slave girl and protects a slave girl. Mm. And you have the robot, this robot prince that is the antagonist, and even he isn't the bad guy. And, you know, he's just trying to finish his mission so that he can get to his wife who is pregnant. Yeah, I mean, this it all just comes back to family, this mm-hmm. entire. It's like Fast and Furious. It all, but You had to plug Fast yeah, and Furious, I mean, didn't I, you? I can't go a podcast without plugging it. But this whole series is just about family. It's about raising children. It's about, you know, sticking with each other. And it's not about romance because the romance has already happened. Like, mm-hmm. we're this is post-romance. This is like what, this is what people deal with after they've fallen in love. You know, like Marco and Alana are already in love. You know, there's no denying that, but... It's really just getting into the nitty gritty of a relationship and who is really willing to step up. And most of the time it's Alana and most of the time you're siding with Alana. She is easily protagonist of the story. She's the she's spearheading this entire story with a lot of, you know, funny dialogue and just personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look forward to, you know, continue continuing reading the, the comic book. And, and I look forward to catching up with you and just seeing where this goes seeing yeah. what you know what kind of crazy adventures marco and alana get into yeah it's incredible so it's out on image comics right now you can find it at your local comic book store uh written by brian k vaughn and the incredible fiona staples and she has she has an art unlike anything you've ever yeah, seen we, we can't say and, enough about it you yeah. know just just talking about it doesn't give credit to her artwork and and just you know the the vibrant characteristics that she gives each character mm-hmm. it's it's impressive yeah um just a little bit of a warning it is very vulgar and they they don't shy away from sex they don't shy away from curse words they don't shy away from nudity but this is a very adult book but this is for adults for parents and a lot of critics have said if you're a new parent you should be reading saga keep it away from your kids yeah Matt and Mike host Popcast every Friday night from 7 to 9 on Radio DePaul. That's going to do it for us this week on the Radio DePaul podcast. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash Radio DePaul. You can always listen to Radio DePaul 24-7 at radio.depaul.edu. And you can listen to Radio DePaul Sports by going to that same address and clicking on the Sports tab. The Radio DePaul theme music was composed and performed by our own Connor Boyle. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there and to all of you non-mothers. Call your moms. It's Mother's Day. I did. We'll be back next week with more of the best bits from Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. (laughs) 